Welcome, everybody. This is the Script to Screen podcast with your host, Ken Carey, where three decades of proven experience has launched products, built brands, and generated profits. These are the stories behind the businesses that have been built. All right, so I want to welcome Tony Basasi to our webinar series, Thought Leader Thursdays. And I know Tony from a former life in, uh, for him in the direct-to-consumer business as an executive at a media company. And Tony has moved on to the electrical vehicle business, so he has a lot of experience and expertise there. But what's unique with Tony is that he has expertise and experience in both marketing and EV, especially as the CMO at that company. So Tony, tell me a little bit about what you did at Rev Group, what Rev, Rev Group is, and um, you know, kind of your insights on the just the potential in the electric vehicle market. Sure. Uh, so I was the CMO of Rev Group. Uh, Rev is a collection of specialty vehicles. Uh, they manufacture everything from fire trucks, fire apparatus, to ambulances, uh, transit buses, school buses, and recreation vehicles. And uh, in my role there, I was the chief marketing officer overseeing all of those brands, about 27 different brands, a wow. collection of, of, of different vehicle types. Uh, so it's ex exciting business. And uh, within the uh, Rev Group, we did have some electric vehicle platforms, primarily in our transit bus and in our school bus businesses. What is keeping these CMOs up at night? And how do you how do you communicate to the consumer about it to stand out based on from your experience as a CMO? Yeah, I think that there's two major uh, worries of a CMO in the EV space. Okay. Uh, and they're related. The first is brand choice. How do I become the, you know, the the the, the choice of, of the consumers? Uh, because there are going to be many options. Uh, particularly right. when you see what GM is doing and the number of vehicles they're going to launch 30, 30 new brands in the next five years. Wow. Uh, EV platforms. You've got Volvo out there with their Polestar uh, brand. You've got all. You've got the Chinese manufacturers that. They may penetrate the United States, but they're certainly going to penetrate the rest of the world. I'll right. guarantee you that. Right. So you have all of these options that are out there, plus Tesla, you know, plus Ford, plus you know. Yeah. And I think to be to be the you know the brand of choice is is one of the the major kind of uh, challenges for a CMO today. Mm -hmm. And the second is um, scaling quickly. Uh, Tesla has an advantage. They're first to market at scale. They mm -hmm. weren't first to market in the EV space, mm -hmm. but they're certainly first to market in scale. I think that they just delivered their 200th vehicle this year, 200,000th vehicle. Right. Well, they, they certainly have you know a head start in, in this race. Right. And it is a race. It it's is. almost a space race, right? Yeah. So you've got <laughs> you've got these you've got these startups, very creative, highly innovative. Many of them are fairly well capitalized. Yep. You know, good money behind them. But it takes a lot of money yeah. <laughs> to certainly build and manufacture a quality product. Um, technology is is accelerating at a very fast rate. So even what you built today, you're already working on. You know what the next iteration is going to be. You know for, for the next few years, and then you have to market that. You have to sell it. You have to service it. So um, there's a lot that goes into it. It's going to take yeah. a lot of money. There's some startups that are out there uh, that are are really innovative. Mm -hmm. um, and, and if I was the CMO of one of those startups, it would be how fast can I move? 
how quickly can I scale, get vehicles in consumers' hands, build advocacy, build a community around my vehicle. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's what Tesla has. Yes. You know, the Tesla has built a community around their vehicles. And there's some you know, cracks in the veneer on Tesla now too, because right. there's, you know, there's a bit of hubris that comes along with Tesla that some people are just, you know, don't want to participate in that community. Right. And I think that that's an opportunity for other brands to step in. But certainly, you need to get these vehicles in the hands of consumers. Uh, they need to see them, feel them, touch them, drive them, experience them, and then advocate for them because it is about, you know, the automotive industry is about a, is a scale business. Right. You can be a neat niche player, but you know, that's for the space of, it's rarefied air, for that's Lamborghinis and Ferraris. If, exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, if you're going to be in the EV, and there, there will be EV exotic supercars, there already yeah. are, but yeah. if you're going to be in, you know, the mainstream, um, in the mainstream vehicle market, uh, you need to scale. It sets up my next question, Tony, and a topic that I think would be really interesting because, you know, you said you have to scale, you have to sell cars, and you have to start making money. I mean, these, this investment just doesn't go, keep coming and coming. You need to show traction. So that comes to my point about um, what is the opportunity for EV companies about standing out and showing you know, you know, getting the consumers to adapt. And it's really about, I think it's really about adaptation. You're taking a consumer who is a combustion engine brand loyal person. In most cases, I'm making a, a generalization and you're getting them to move over to electrical. Now, if you're not an early adopter, that's a difficult task, right? That's a that's a huge difficult task. In addition to that, consumer confidence is one of the big big things that they're going to have to overcome to sell cars. I mean, you've got to get people to believe that you have the right technology, you have the right support. What's going to happen when I buy a car? Cuz cuz that model is totally different now. And if I'm going to invest that much money in a vehicle, I need to know all these things. So how big of how big of an issue is consumer confidence? Because, you know, brand is one thing, but consumer confidence to say, I'm going to go from this to this, and I feel like I'm going to be taken care of every step of the way. I think that that is one of the, if not the largest obstacle to overcome in the beginning. And I think it's also two layered, right? Mm -hmm. So the first layer is, uh, is is now the right time for me to be buying an electric vehicle? Okay. Has the technology matured enough for me to be able to um, commit my you know my next purchase or my next lease uh, as an EV? Mm -hmm. And has and am, and am I going to be is that EV going to become immediately obsolete because of new technology? Right. So right. think about it like you know computers or you know or smartphones back then. You know you kind of you, you you need to understand when you're you know when is the market matured enough? When's the technology matured enough for me to kind of jump in? Among you know other than those early adopters who are just naturally going to jump in because they wanted to be first. So first it's they have to they have to have confidence in electric vehicles and the yep. platform and technology. Yep. And then after that, it is now which brand? Which brand is the right brand for me? And within those brands, every one of them has a different technology. So now you have to compare, you know, this battery technology, you know, yep. this one is, uh, you know, lithium ion, you know, battery pack. This one is, you know, you not using nickel. This one is, you know, so there's all these different technologies. There's all these different designs. 
so now you have to start making these brand choices. So yeah. I think what's going to be critical is education. You know, you're going to have to take the time to educate the consumer. And and as a brand, not only do you have to educate them on your brand, you probably have to do a little heavy lifting and help them educate on the on the category. Yes, right? yes. Like build confidence in the category and build confidence in your brand. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think education is going to be a significant piece of of this uh, transformation that's going to take place in the in the EV space. Yeah, and I think and I think in addition to that, Tony, everybody's making a good EV car. It's not like people aren't making good stuff. Everybody's making a good car. To your point, what's the platform? That's a whole nother thing. Um, but, you know, education, and this, this fits into the marketing. And from our background as marketers and direct-to-consumer marketers, how, how do you believe a, a direct-to-consumer model can help these companies? And of course, this is our opinion, but we're trying to, we're trying to you know, crack, the, trying to crack a marketing mold, if you will, of you know, it's not just a 30-second commercial when you can say, you know, uh, I'm Ford, because nobody knows who these other companies are. So that doesn't work, if you will. You have to educate, you have to demonstrate, you have to get them comfortable. And how do you do that in 30 seconds? Is that possible? Is there enough money for these businesses to do that? I mean, you gotta get people coming in and so educated that I wanna go to that studio and this is the car I want versus you know, trying to win on brand because that's gonna be very difficult, don't you think? I do, uh, for the uh, for any automotive manufacturer, particularly the, the traditional ones in their, yeah. their existing distribution system with dealers um, in that equation, I think that that's an advantage to them, but it's also a disadvantage to them. Uh, and one of the things that they're going to have to do is re-educate their entire sales staff yep. uh, to make sure that they're on board with EV, educated, but also proactively selling uh, you know, the EV as a solution. Right. I do think it's gonna take a lot of money uh, to educate and to generate awareness. The, the funnel hasn't changed in, in marketing. You still need to generate that awareness. We, that 30 second plays a role, but it can't just be a 30 second TV spot. Um, that, that's gonna drive brand awareness. Um, it's gonna drive interest. But we need to push those individuals, or the automotive manufacturers need to push those individuals all the way through the funnel down to a transaction, either a lease or a purchase. Mm -hmm. And what what COVID has taught us is <laughs> is the direct to consumer model is a very good model. <laughs> yes, it works. <laughs> it works. Um, you know, you and I from our old days probably could uh, uh, yep. you know have shared some of our insights into a DTC model yeah. uh, and and the benefits of those. Uh, but I think COVID has kind of uh, convinced the rest of the world it that directed. <laughs> it accelerated what was going to happen in the future anyway. It Absolutely. just accelerated it. It, it. it certainly did. And I think that that's the other interesting thing that we're going to see here in the divide in the, in the uh, automotive space is you're going to have the conventional um, automotive manufacturers, the GMs, the Fords, the Chryslers, the, the VWs and the Volvos. They're going to go through a dealer network. Yeah, because they have a dealer network, and and those are their business partners, and you know they're established there. Yep. And now you have all these other new EV entrants in the marketplace, and they're going to go direct consumer. And yeah. I think the one that's really interesting to me is Canoe, because their business model is a subscription business model. Right. 
you 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 never own the car. You just subscribe to it, and and there's no um, uh, there's no fees attached. So there's no entrance fee, right? And there's no exit fee, right? You pay uh, on a monthly basis or a six month. Now, clearly, they'd like you to stay in it for three sure. years, four years, or five years, but. I think what Canoe's going to do as a service to the rest of the industry is they're going to get a lot of people interested in trying an EV vehicle because if they lower that barrier of entry, right? You know, for a commitment to, to try a brand like Canoe, right? And I think it's smart for Canoe too because we were talking about being the first into the market and getting scale. And I think that you're going to see Canoe, you're going to see a lot of early adopters. They're direct to consumer. They're subscription based. So now you got to go communicate that. Right. Right. Because that is not what people know about. Right. They've never, you know, EV subscription based direct to consumer. I mean, that is a lot to consume as a consumer, uh, you know, to digest and, and to be able to make a decision off of that. So you're going to have to take the time to educate, to inform, to engage. Uh, there, there's, uh, you know, to, to, to create a trust uh, mm -hmm. with those consumers. Um, it, there's a lot of heavy lifting that's going to have to take place here. And that's, and that's where direct-to-consumer really shines because there's really two big things you're trying to accomplish. Consumer confidence and then the features and benefits of the vehicle. And that's a big story to tell. And that's yeah. why I think direct-to-consumer makes so much sense when it comes to a marketing and advertising platform because you can zero in on your markets, you can take the time to tell the story, you can come up with all different variations. You can be on TV, you can be on digital, social, OTT, you know, all that stuff. And you have this one coherent message and it's just so difficult. You just, you just can't do all that in 30 seconds. Now, I, you know, maybe, maybe there's some, you know, Madison Avenue whiz bang who think they can do that. But, I, but that's an expensive thing to be doing. Not only the expense of building the vehicle, but the expense of marketing it. Oh my goodness. If you're, if you're that, if you're going to go that direction where direct to consumer is, I'm going to educate that consumer and I'm going to basically be able to tell how much did I spend to get that customer into my funnel that now is my job to sell them or convince them that I'm the brand for them. And now you're really talking about accountability dollars, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the along with direct-to-consumer, uh, the application of those in the EV space is really about lead nurturing. Yes. Uh, so you're going to be bringing in um, a, a, an interested party and, and keeping that uh, that lead and maturing that lead all the way through the cycle is going to take a lot of touches mm -hmm. and it's going to take different touches as well. Uh, and you're going to need to feed those customers, those those prospects, uh, information um, uh, in the fashion that they want to receive it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and responding to, you know, each one of their questions along that path. And I think that, you know, that's direct to consumer exactly <laughs> marketing right <laughs> right so, like it, in in the encyclopedia you just said it right, tony <laughs> right so so i think that um, i think that the the dtc model is kind of properly aligned with what's happening totally. in the ev space for these new these new marketers yeah. you, you know these new these new products that are coming in uh, into the marketplace it'll be interesting to see what 
you know, the traditional motor, uh, automotive manufacturers do. I think that they've done a, a tremendous job at nurturing leads. I mean, they, the, 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 the Detroit automotive space has done a really good job of generating leads online and mm -hmm. being able to nurture that. They're very sophisticated and they have a lot of people behind it. And then they hand that lead off to the dealer. <laughs> and that's <laughs> where it breaks. Right. Yeah. And that, that that's where some of the uncertainty happens. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think that having that lead, you know, uh, within your own control uh, and being able to nurture that lead all the way through the maturity yeah. um, is is going to be critical as you're educating individuals, engaging and building trust. Uh, and hopefully, you know, converting that into a transaction. Which goes back to your very beginning point about creating that relationship and having that community. It all starts with that educated consumer and how you treat them. And now you create that community and then you have brand loyalists, right? Yeah. Like a Tesla person. They're a brand loyalist. I mean, it's very difficult to get somebody off that mountain right once once they're there so all these other businesses and all these other companies have that challenge to you know scale that mountain with them and they got to go about it differently because like i said everyone's making a good ev car but how are you going to make how, how do i know that when i purchase this car that where am i going to get it service how am i going to recharge it what are all these things going to do because if i don't if that's not clear in my head how do I even make that leap? So that's a big story. And then and then you have these unbelievable sedans like the Lucid Air. I mean, these are $150,000 vehicles that are absolutely gorgeous and they have more capacity than a Tesla. If you th if you look at thousand the most, horsepower. Yeah. A, a, a car, you know, a sedan with a thousand horsepower. Right. Yeah. A four a four door sedan <laughs> with thousand horsepower and the ability to go long distances longer than a Tesla. I mean, those things are huge benefits, but what they're talking about is they have studios and they call them studios and you go to the studio and you look at the vehicle or maybe not and you get online and you can build your car and all that kind of stuff but how do i get that person to the studio to ask more questions how do i get that person online to see that experience that's where the direct-to-consumer model comes in right yes i think uh many of the the first touches and engagements are going to happen online that's where people are going to discover these and and they may they, that might happen through social right but you uh, gotta right. get but you got right. but you gotta get them there you gotta drive them to some location where they have to experience the vehicle themselves they, they gotta know and, you and exist many of these vehicles i think that's the other thing that's going to take place here many of the vehicles that are in the ev space right now are expensive you know there's seventy five thousand. You know, as you start adding the upgrades, you know, if you want autonomous driving, which is, by the way, a great feature, that's yeah. $10,000. $10, uh, but, you know, these cars are going to be over the $100,000 limit uh, uh, easily. Mm -hmm. And I think what you're going to see is many of these new vehicles that are going to come to market, they're all trying to be uh, hit a price point under $40,000. Right. I think the Tesla Cybertruck was like 30 some thousand dollars when yeah. Elon Musk, you know, mentioned it. Uh, and you're seeing seeing more effort being put in different vehicles for different price points, for different uses, pickups, SUVs, sports cars, sedans. So the choices are going to expand. I think that uh, right now for those high ends, uh, high end price point vehicles, 
those individuals that are discriminating buyers, they're going to want to experience that car. They're going to want to see it. They need to go to a location. You need to drive into that location. I think there's going to be a lot of touches. Um, you, you know, they're taking deposits right now, $1,000 refundable. That's kind of easy money to yeah. take right now, right? Yeah. I reserve my car. Uh, yeah. Brilliant, by the way. It's a great lead gen source. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I think that you're going to see um, a real uh, maturation within marketing take mm -hmm. place over the next year among these new kind of burgeoning uh, electric vehicle manufacturers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that when you talk about price point and price point is, is scale. I mean, Henry Ford, right? He figured right. that out, right? So we're almost to that area where Fiskers, they totally flipped. Now they have a, a very affordable vehicle, the Ocean. Right. They said, okay, they had a sedan that was very expensive and beautiful and then a lot of people bought it, but not as many. And they totally flipped their, their business model to get to the scalability, right? Absolutely. Uh, that, you know, the, this is really about the democratization of yes. electric vehicles. It's not about you know, the, the early adopters or the elite uh, to say that you have an EV. Uh, this is really about giving EV to, you know, to the masses. Yeah. Um, I think Ford is playing an F-150 electric vehicle. Ford's mm -hmm. the number one selling vehicle, you know, in the United States. Yep. Uh, 800,000 vehicles or something a year. So when you start seeing, uh, you know, the these mainstay, mainstream vehicles start going EV, um, and you see the price points come down on, on many of these other EV uh, um, uh, models. I, yep. think, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of shopping going on, a lot of price comparing, a lot of feature comparing, um, a, a lot of uh, interest in, in whether this company is going to be around five years from now or Absolute. 10 years from now. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so building brand trust is, is going to be important. I think that it's going to be, um, particularly in the direct-to-consumer model, I think the operative word there is respect. Uh, each one of these companies need to respect their their customer and mm -hmm. or their, their prospect and make sure that they're engaging them and being responsive to them, answering their questions. Mm -hmm. So uh, it'll, this is again, this is a really exciting time mm -hmm. uh, for, for the automotive industry and for the EV industry. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think it's gonna require uh, a, a lot of marketing and a lot of manufacturing. Right. And, you know, it was interesting that Herbert Dice, uh, the CEO of VW, said, you know, it's really about mindset, the mindset of these businesses. You know, it's technology is not the biggest challenge. It's the mindset of the people and their reluctance to radical change forces them to change. Right. You either on board, like like you said, and we're doing this or you are forced to change because your mindset is differently. And when you're forced to change, you have a problem because now you're playing catch up. And I just thought that was a very, very interesting quote from him because as I was saying earlier, you know, they've poured $50 billion into developing EV at VW and they got it wrong. Mm. It was a software issue. And, but they're $50 billion into it. So, so, you, there's not a lot of not a lot of wiggle room, you know. So, getting that consumer as educated as possible, all those touch points, all relationship, is and, and getting them comfortable is really the game, right? It's it's really the game that is going to change the way automobiles are sold because the automobile is totally different today. 
Yeah, that's a that's a great quote, by the way. I'll have to you, you have to send that to me. I think yeah. that, that uh, I'd love to see that. Um, I I think um, I think making sure that uh, the product that you put out there is 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 well tested, well vetted, uh, mm-hmm. and I think that they are uh, the manufacturers that are out there. They're with with maybe respect to VW, you know, they, they are going through their uh, their paces. You know, they're doing their yep. alpha, the beta, and the gamma testing. Yeah, uh, making sure that the product is right and. So much can go wrong. Uh, it, it could be technology, it could be software, it could be mechanical, uh, it could be you know the power units. So uh, there's a lot of complexity and prob- uh, you know the probability of, of of one thing going wrong does exist. Mm-hmm. I think the other piece to this is the community of existing buyers that are out there, and I think that once these brands have the opportunity to build communities. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think about really good brand communities that are out there now. Jeep is a great brand that has a great brand community around it, yes, right? Absolutely. People get to personalize their vehicles. They, um, you know, the, there's the Jeep Wave that everybody talks about when yeah. you see another Jeep driver, and uh, and I think that uh, Jeep customers kind of support other Jeep customers in 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 forums and you know at rallies and and just in general and I think that each one of these brands that are coming to market they have that opportunity and mm-hmm. I think that that support system is going to be needed yeah. because not everything is going to be perfect yeah uh, and and I think getting it right um, getting the product right is important but I also think getting that customer relationship uh, is right. And important as well. And that goes back to one of the big pain points that I think, and not I think, because I know because I've spoken to a couple of CMOs at EV companies, one of the biggest things is how do I get people comfortable with that point of, of owning an EV car and what's that process to your to your point, Tony? And it's like, you know, people are asking, how am I going to be supported throughout the entire car ownership. How, how, what's the information I'm gonna to get to even get there? You know, and since there's no dealerships in, in some of these companies, how is service gonna be handled? When I have questions about the vehicle, who do I connect with? So that education to get me comfortable is the first step. And then like, here's our car, it's really great and fantastic and let's make it affordable for you or whatever. That's almost second tier because I want to just fill you in a little conversation I had with an executive of Volvo when we were talking about, you know, what's the biggest challenge? And he said, by far, unequivocally, it's about getting people comfortable. And I said, well, how are you guys going about it? Now, Volvo is doing something really interesting. They have onboard concierge. So if you have any question, you're talking to somebody right then and there live in your vehicle. They're going to be delivering a test drive right to your house. You're gonna be able to pull it up on your phone. They already have relationships with Amazon Prime where they, uh, Amazon Prime's gonna deliver something in your vehicle. So it's it's that whole relationship, it's that whole, that whole ecosystem that's so different. And you know, that it's a, just a game changer. And, and it goes back to how do you communicate all that to get somebody into the funnel, to nurture them, to turn them into a customer, then turn them into a brand loyalist, and then create a movement like Tesla, and then make it a sustainable business. What Volvo is doing is, is spot on. Uh, they need to continue to uh, engage with that consumer. So from the beginning of of educating them, engaging them and educating them, but also nurturing them. And then 
the aftermarket service. Um, th there may be a lot of first-time buyers that uh, are going to try these these new EV mar uh, vehicles, and it's going to be important to get them comfortable mm -hmm. with uh, with these vehicles. I think that that's actually you know, one of the advantages that uh, the traditional automotive manufacturers have, you know, people know Ford, they know of GM, they know of Volvo, they know there's, you know, those brands, they trust those brands, they probably hate Toyota, they, they have those brands in their garage. Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of the newer um, uh, market entrants, they're going to have to really make sure that they're building that kind of confidence in the consumer that that they have a not only a superior product mm -hmm. and one that fits that consumer's needs but one that has longevity to it a brand that has longevity to it mm -hmm. and that they're going to service them after the sale right right and it's only taken tesla 10 years to do that right that's all right <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And a lot of money. <laughs> and a lot of money. A lot of money. You know, what's interesting yeah. is when it comes to the value that we want to give in this webinar, the things to be thinking about if you're an executive at an EV company, if you're an, you're an executive in any type of business that's selling or looking to do direct-to-consumer or is being, you know, at, at, or doing it already or is going to be forced to do it, which I think a lot of people are going to be doing it. So I, I kind of broke down the advantages and disadvantages and you kind of hit on them. Can you see Ford being as technologically advanced as Tesla? That's a big question. I mean, the average person may not. Do I believe they can be that way? So that's that's a big challenge they have to educate that they can make that leap from combustion to electrical and they have the technology know-how. And part of the technology is, as you know, an EV car is just as much software as it is hardware. In fact, I'd say there's even more software in an EV car than hardware. Yeah. What do you think Absolutely. about those what do you think about those points is in terms of uh, disadvantages and, and things that they have to look at as from a marketing perspective? Well I think uh it's it's no secret that the large automotive manufacturers uh, do have bureaucracy within their organization, and and uh, being able to move fast is not one of their advantages, as compared to the, you know the the startups that are out there. As I mentioned before, first to market is is key. Mm -hmm. That's what Tesla was able to gain, mm -hmm. and I think that there are other opportunities out there. You do, certainly don't want to be the last to market in the EV space, particularly if you're a startup. You know, you just you're going to miss the boat on that one. Yeah. Um, so I think that you know the big automotive manufacturers do have to think about how quickly they can move. Right. Uh, will they get the? Um, and they have to get it right. By the way, yeah. They can't have a failure. <laughs> right. right. You can't have you can't have a volt. No, right? right? Yeah, so um, not not today. You know, right. maybe 10, 20 years ago, you could have this vehicle that you tried and it right. didn't work out so well and, you know, it, and, and you kind of buried it and put it behind you and, and the world moved on. But, you know, today you're going to be seen, you're going to be exposed for not getting it right when everybody else is. Yeah. So I think that it's going to be important that they get it right. I think that it's important that they move fast. They do have the ability of having brand loyalty and brand trust. Absolutely. I, I, uh, among them. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know yet if the dealer network is going to be an advantage to them or a disadvantage. I can see arguments to both. 
Yep. Um, I think it really part of their challenge is going to be able to get the dealers over the hump. Yep. And that's part get of that it, mindset. That's part of that mindset that absolutely. the CEO of Volkswagen was saying. It's that mindset everybody has to. Because I've heard that over and over again, not from just an executive like yourself, Tony, but from other executives in EV companies where they're saying, you know, we, this dealership thing has to deliver. It has, yes. to, de- it has to deliver. They have to be part of the solution. Yeah. And I think I read somewhere that um, you know, there were several Cadillac dealers that decided not to go forward as a Cadillac dealer because they didn't want to put the capital in to changing their their service base yeah. to to uh, service these new EVs. You, you know, they said, no, I'm out. Yep. And I think GM is very happy with that. You know, yeah. they're like, okay, if you're not on board yeah. and you're not moving forward, you know, um, let's part ways. So yeah. I, in, I ten, the, in ten years, you will be out, or you're going to be right. the, or or you're going to be the the place to service right. the old school car. Right. The technology is an interesting one. I do think that um, the, you know the big auto manufacturers have the ability uh, to either advance the technology or buy the technology. Uh, you know, GM has got their right. new battery. Uh, that uh, apparently is, you know, revolutionary compared to everything else, compared to Tesla. You know, everything mm-hmm, gets compared mm-hmm. to Tesla. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, you know, you're also seeing other plays. Uh, so, you know, Ford is a major investor in Rivian. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ge- General Motors is a major investor in Wamo, which is the autonomous driving vehicle f- that Google has. So you're seeing some strategic partnerships that mm. are taking place um, among at least GM and Ford um, and with technology companies and with battery companies. So I think that they'll either develop it or they'll go buy it. Right. Um, so I, I think I, I think they'll be fine in that area. It's you, really for them, it's about how fast can they move. Yeah, and you mentioned to me, wait till Apple gets into the game. Right. Talk about right. technology, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and by the way, uh, any one of those uh, startups could, you know, whoever scales the best and has some traction could be the next Apple car, <laughs> right? Because yeah. if Apple wants to get into the business, all they need to do is go, you know, like they could have bought Tesla, apparently, according right. to Elon Musk. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, there are, there are plenty of other vehicles out there to choose from now, right. you know, other vehicle manufacturers to choose from. If, if these guys get the traction, you know, Apple could be buying one of them. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. And, and I wanted to bring this up and I just just on the dealership thing. This is not an opinion. This is exactly what I went through. My wife was looking for a new car. We went to a Porsche dealership because she's had one for, you know, last 15 years. So we were going to update that. The new electric Porsche is on the showroom. Beautiful. And I have to tell you, Tony, I was so disappointed. There was no difference between buying a $100,000 plus Porsche electric vehicle than it was buying an entry level Cayman. And that's where it broke for me. I'm like, I, I, I don't know. Convince me that I can go somewhere at a, a distance and recharged. Right, uh, right. I, I just wasn't. It was very interesting, and, and and it's a it's a reputable dealer, but that was the deal breaker for me. I, I was ready to pull the trigger, but I just I had no I had no confidence that right. I, I was going to get anywhere after dropping that kind of money. Well, I think 
I think you're touching on another level of confidence. There's confidence in the brand, but there's also confidence in the infrastructure. Yeah. So if you're, uh, I live in the Midwest, mm -hmm. as you know, you mm -hmm. have long distances in between things here. A lot, so, of, a lot of corn. <laughs> a lot of corn, a lot of wheat, a lot of, a lot of space. <laughs> so, um, you know, are there go is there going to be an infrastructure that's going to enable you? Plus, you know, living in the Midwest, we also deal with the cold, which, yeah. you know, depletes battery exactly. you know, uh, life. So there are a lot of other things that are need that are going to need to um, be addressed in order to get kind of the mass, mm -hmm. the masses over into the EV. Mm -hmm. uh, what I've been seeing and hearing is that um, right now the EV space is really coastal. It's the West Coast, yep, your yep. neck of the woods, and also yep. on the East Coast, uh, down into the Southeast. Midwest will probably be the last, but that's not where the population is anyway. Right. It, it is in that kind of coastal and then down into the South South Central area. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, that infrastructure is growing, uh, but it has a long way to grow as, as well. Um, so there's the building confidence in vehicles, but building confidence in the network right. and, and in the support network that goes with it. Uh, th this, um, this is going to require a lot of uh, a lot of communication, a lot of marketing, um, a lot of uh, trust building. I think the big part of it is they have the opportunity to have disruptive marketing strategies mm -hmm. like direct to consumer, and they're already doing it with studios. And it all comes back to educating, informing, make me feel comfortable. Do that in a message that gets a lead, you nurture that lead, you turn them into a sale, and eventually what we talk about is lifetime value. How do right. I get them into the next vehicle, into the next vehicle? And that's and, and it all starts with educating that consumer on, on a totally different way of thinking about the automobile. Yeah, I agree with you, and I think that that really is kind of the fun fundamental principles of direct-to-consumer marketing. Yeah. And this is going to require very smart investments, mm -hmm. uh, marketing investments, and making sure that you know where to place that money, uh, what messaging to have at what time, who to talk to, how to segment your customers, you know, all the things that, that are just kind of common practice within direct-to-consumer. <laughs> that now needs to be applied yeah. to these very expensive, you know, uh, right now expensive uh, electric vehicles. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it, it, being cost effective with your dollars yeah. is going to be very critical um, as, as these uh, companies continue into this journey. And that's where direct to consumer really, really shines. You know, it's like. It's like you hear these conversations, and Tony, you and I have heard these conversations over. We need to do this. We need to do that. So it's, it's like common knowledge, but it's not common practice. Now it's going to have to be common practice if you're going to survive because you have a window and, you know, and the money is not grown from trees. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a, uh, you know, market capitalization of Tesla still kind of throws me off. Who but, knows? Uh, eventually, you know, so some rationalization will have to take place within the industry. And I think that uh, wise investment um, in manufacturing, in, uh, in, you know, in supply chain and in sales and in marketing is going to be required. They're going to have to do this at every level yep. uh, because this is not an easy undertaking. Yep. Get me comfortable and then, and then sell me your car.
Yeah. Tony, I want to thank you. I really, really appreciate um, your knowledge, not only as a direct-to-consumer marketer, but as an executive in the vehicle and electric vehicle business and um, what you brought to this web. And I really appreciate it because, you know, we're going to have a lot of um, executives um, gleaning information from this. And when they do, how do people, how could people get a hold of you, Tony, um, if they have questions or, you know, just want to, have a conversation how would people get a hold of you what how would what's your preferred way to get in touch well like everybody else i'm on social media so okay. linkedin is probably a great place for me you know from a professional perspective yep. uh, facebook linkedin is a great great place i'm not much of a twitter um individual right. don't have the time for twitter but uh, <laughs> uh but i i would say uh just connecting with me via linkedin um i i i'm out there all the time and yep. uh, would love to connect with individuals again thank you very much and i'm i'm really um happy to have this opportunity and most importantly i'm really happy to add for you the value you've given to the people on this webinar is is invaluable and having that Believe me, having 60 minutes of Tony's time is is almost priceless, and I really, really appreciate it. Thank you again, Tony. Uh, it's my pleasure. Thanks, Ken.